Greetings, everybody. This is a Travel Addict podcast where you can hear candid stories and discussions about business and adventure travel from around the world with activities such as trekking, diving, camping, driving, cruising, and just plain chilling out somewhere. We talk about lots of experiences in places all over the world, including the grand, the remote, the edgy, the risque, and ones of questionable merit. Education, fulfillment, and wonder enrich our lives. And of all the books in the world, the best stories are found between the pages of a passport. Stay tuned. Hello, everybody. The Travel Addict here, a.k.a. Malcolm Teasdale. Well, it's about time I did a trip report. I was over in the old country for a while. England, that is, visiting relatives and friends. So I decided on a whim to pay a trip to Lithuania. Some people may be asking, well, where is that? Well, it's in the Baltics. And historically, I have been fortunate enough to go to Riga, the capital of Latvia, and Tallinn, the capital of Estonia. Great places, by the way. So this time, I decided to visit the capital of Lithuania, city called Vilnius. Now, I'm thinking I have pronounced that correctly. You may be thinking, the Baltics? Where exactly is that? Well, it's Northern Europe. And you may be asking, well, what are they famous for? Well, they are steeped in history. Famous for what? I don't know. Estonia. Or I should say, Tallinn, Estonia. That's where the famous product Skype was invented before Microsoft took it over. Just a bit of trivia there. Anyway, back to Vilnius in Lithuania. I took a flight out of Manchester, England, and amongst the chaos of airline travel these days, I was fortunate that it took off on time, flying with SAS. Excellent airline, by the way. So we dropped in at Stockholm on the way before getting to Vilnius. I booked a taxi ahead of time via Booking.com. Great service, by the way, Booking.com. And it took me to downtown uh, Vilnius. Now, the day before my flight left Manchester, England that is, the Kremlin issued threats to Lithuania and used words that insinuated that it would inflict harm on the country's population. Now, my stay was only to be three days, so I felt at the time, somewhat illogically, that I could squeeze in a visit before any egregious action may take place. Now, the area to stay in Vilnius is the Old Town, one of the largest surviving medieval towns in Northern Europe, which encompasses Gothic, Renaissance, Baroque and neoclassic architecture, and therefore, not surprisingly, it is a UNESCO World Heritage Site. It is easy to walk to all the sites to see and experience the culture. I had a plan, albeit a little hectic. The old town is full of outdoor cafes and restaurants, markets, street vendors, and musicians, which are all appreciated by tourists and locals alike. You can even enjoy one of the many historic sites in full view while drinking an afternoon tea or coffee somewhere. Very easy. Now, one evening, 
I enjoyed a local beer at an outdoor restaurant while the Vilnius Symphony Orchestra played in front of the town hall steps. What a cool night that was. On another night, I ate my supper at an outdoor restaurant with a direct view of the setting sun over Vilnius Cathedral. Now, around the city, cyclists are in abundance, as well as pedestrians. Although, with cyclists, they're not in the same quantity as, say, Amsterdam. If you've been to Amsterdam, you'll know what I mean. And, of course, cyclists think they've got the right of way there over pedestrians. Well, it's funny. Vilnius is an easy city to tour on foot. And I found myself walking about, I would say, seven miles each day so that I could visit everywhere on my to-do list. If I needed a break, there was always a coffee shop nearby. Now, even though I walked around several areas of the city during my stay, I saw no unkempt areas and felt perfectly safe. In the evening, the old town was the place to relax and unwind. Without being overcrowded, there was an atmosphere of friendliness and sophistication, and people even dressed up for a night out on the town. I was sort of impressed. Lithuania is steeped in history and has been occupied by both Germany and Russia over time. The country is a big supporter of the Ukraine. And like other Baltic countries, it is part of NATO and the European Union. On top of my to-do list in Vilnius was a trip to the Hill of Crosses. It's about a two-hour drive north of the city. Now, I have been fortunate to visit many sacred places in our world and this site ranks up high in my list of favourites. Yes, it's a hill with crosses. The number of metal and wooden crosses there today is actually over 200,000, put there by pilgrims, which dates back to the 1800s. The site denotes the peaceful endurance of the country's people, especially during the time of Russian occupancy and its significance continues today, of course. Historically, the Russians have destroyed this site twice before, and I bet if they had an opportunity, they would do it again. I spent a day of tourist exercises by climbing to the Hill of Three Crosses, which is fairly steep, up to about 540 feet. The Three Crosses was originally known as Bald Hill, B-A-L-D. Now, according to a legend, seven Franciscan friars were beheaded on top of this hill. Wooden crosses have been sighted in the locations, as I said, since the early 17th century, and they became a symbol of the city and an integral part of the city's skyline. As the wood rotted, the crosses needed to be periodically replaced. In 1916, a concrete monument was designed by a Polish-Lithuanian architect and sculptor, Antony Wilwoski. It was torn down in 1950 by order of the Soviet authorities, which I mentioned before. 
a new monument designed by a gentleman named Henricas Silgalis was erected in its place in 1989. The monument was depicted on the 50 litres banknote, which is the local currency. A panorama of Vilnius Old Town can be observed from a small observation deck at the base of the three crosses. An excellent trek up there, great view, worth doing. Next up was a trip, or I should say a climb, to Gediminas Tower. Now, the first wooden construction of this was built way back when, but it was replaced by a brick castle in about 1409, and then extended to three floor tower in 1933 yes it can be reached on foot or by lift if you're not uh, in the mood to have too much exercise inside it has a museum which contains archaeological findings from the hill and the surrounding areas the museum has models of Vilnius castles from the 14th to the 17th centuries it's an important state and historic symbol of the city it was depicted on the former national currency, the Litas, and is mentioned in numerous Lithuanian patriotic poems and folk songs. Worth a trip, again. Now, although Vilnius has many historic buildings, it does have its quirky side. Now, I stayed at the ideally located Artagonist Art Hotel. It's a quaint boutique property with sort of, I would say, uncommon artwork on the walls and strange looking floors or carpeted floors i visited the museum of illusions where you can spend a couple of hours being amazed at really strange stuff and you can even have your picture taken of yourself upside down (laughs) you'll have to go there to believe it then there is the bohemian eusippus located within the city limits and is an independent republic within Lithuania with its own currency, flag and anthem. I think it's actually got its own government to a certain extent. Now, street art and sculptures are commonplace and even the graffiti is creative. There is even a monument of Frank Zappa in town. Why, may you ask? Well, his music was banned by the Soviet Union, which of course in turn made him popular among Lithuanian people. It's a symbol of freedom. The KGB Museum reflects a time from Lithuania's dark past and makes you wonder how people can be that cruel. I found myself in an exhibit room where Pope Francis actually visited a few years ago to pay his respects to the people and their bravery. This was backed up by a video of his visit on the wall. Yeah, I was in the same room. Seemed a bit strange, really. Now, for a relatively small city, Vilnius has many churches and historical sites, including the Vilnius Cathedral, Spectacular, Gates of Dawn, the City Wall, St. Anne's Church, and many more. Suggestion for you. If you haven't visited the countries of the Baltics, well, it's a great idea. Rent a car and drive through all three countries. Visit the capital cities, each, of course, which has their own personality and history. The trip will take about a week. However, 
two weeks would allow enough time to enjoy everything without feeling rushed. It's a great idea. You can fly into any of the capitals cities from Europe, only a short flight. And whether you fly from England or Frankfurt, Germany, or Berlin, Germany, Italy, it doesn't matter. It's a short flight, well worth doing. You might be mildly surprised. Well, for me, that was just another adventure and learning experience concluded. I was there for three or four days, well worth it, had a great time, loved seeing the history of the place, loved seeing the beauty of the place, and enjoyed the very nice people who lived there. A great, great visit. Many thanks for joining me today. This is Malcolm Teasdale signing off. Before I do, please check out my website, malcolmjteasdale.com, for more information about my travels around the world. Okay, folks, talk to you later. Bye for now. Stay safe. Thank you.